The following program is in no way representative of the high-quality programming usually heard on the Maverick Radio Network. The views expressed and fishing techniques demonstrated are not endorsed by this station. The following is not a news broadcast. to the five count <laughs> oh yes we're back we are definitely back we're back tons got back we, we are back in action it's a wonderful time to be alive and be here with you during this delicious blizzard not a, not like a dq type blizzard blizzard i mean like snow falling outside and stuff everywhere yeah because we're back. We're back. My anaconda don't want none unless it's got tons, buns. <laughs> oh, man. That's really funny. Actually, uh, a woman was trying to get me to eat some cookies the other day. And I said... She was trying to kill you? No, she was like, just have these cookies. No, they're gluten-free cookies. I can't have cookies because I'm allergic no, to fun things. They're the gluten-free Oreos. And she's like, I got these just for you. Just have some cookies. And I was like, really? I can't. I shouldn't be eating all these cookies. And she totally looked back. She's like, I don't know. That's not... Uh, it's not as much back as I would like. So, you know, why don't you eat up, son? And I was like, oh, oh damn. Who said this? Your mom? No. My mom? Just the woman that I know. Oh. Not your mom either, no. But, uh, yeah, it was a thing. So maybe I don't have enough back. Well, we'll I'm, see. I'm glad you're back. I am back. I didn't accidentally buy bad gluten-free Oreos and then try to pass it off as I meant to do it on purpose and bought them for you as a gift. Oh. But... My presence is enough, I feel like. Oh, yeah. Yes. Hopefully, the gentle listeners feel the same. I think so. I think they do feel the same. It's a big when, show tonight. When you open that show saying, hi and hey, hi, remind me of my little son. He's approaching 17 months, and that's his new thing. That's what he does all the time. Gets up in the morning, hi, hi, hey, hi. <laughs> Just saying hi. And then he walks in. He goes, walks out a door, and says, "Bye, bye, Dad, Dad," and closes the door behind him. And then when I open up the door, <laughs> he's looking at me. Hi, <laughs> it's hilarious. It's awesome. How come you and I don't have that sort of shtick? I don't know. 
We could try it. It might be kind of weird, though. Hey, you know who you should say hi to? Who? Billy Floyd shouts. Billy Floyd shouts? Hey, hi, bud. It's his birthday. Hey, whoa! Billy Floyd shouts, it's your birthday? Did you know? Wow. I didn't know that. He sent me a message and said it was the 10-year anniversary of the first time he met Ton. Wow. And I said, I can't, I'm sorry, I didn't. It's a know momentous that. occasion that deserves a bad tasting gluten free cake. <laughs> they don't taste bad. Happy birthday, Floyd Shouts. Wow, I forget now. We're like the same age, right? Except for, are we the same age, but we're like he turns first and then I turn? He's a sophomore the this next year. Age? Okay. I think that's what it is. I kept thinking he was way younger than me. It's his boyish good looks is what it is. No, you're thinking of everyone. What? Everyone? Yeah, you heard me. I think everyone's younger than me. Boomer. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, that's great. I hope you're doing something fun, Floyd Chouts. Hope you're celebrating in some kind of way with whatever kind of cake that you would like. No judgment here, gluten-free or otherwise, ice cream, whatever you like. Have it and enjoy it. I hope you do. I hope you're not listening to this show because I feel like your bar could be set a little higher on your birthday. Yeah, I I mean, yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, whatever he wants to do, Dust, that's the point I'm at. You know what I mean? It's fine. I'm not a pusher. I don't I don't need people to expand, extend their whatever, what they prefer or don't, you know. Just do what you like is what I'm saying. And if what Floyd Shouts likes is listening to this program and your sultry tones, then that's fine. Good for him. I think you should be pushier. Why? Back when you used to have more back. It seems like, like you were a lot pushier. It seems like last week I was way too pushy about bands and how much i don't like them and it rubs people the wrong way hey you know what as long as you're rubbing them that's what i say yeah all right i'm always saying that yeah how does it work out for you when you say not well a lot of times i don't really have it in the proper context yeah then people kind of get weirded out yeah get a little freaked off little dirty looks and stuff yeah yeah what do you do I mean, you could not say it is what you could do. I mean, I don't know. You know, I thought of that, but. (laughs) It kind of just seems like you're being a little pushy. Yeah. (laughs) Trying to to tell me what to do. Yeah. Extend yourself. It was just a suggestion. I mean, it's, you know, a thought. I don't know what it was. Don, we've got some five count voicemails. No way. They called the hotline. Really? Did you know we had a hotline? Yeah, the five count hotline. 507-519-2030. People are calling it all the time and they're like, hey, is this that hotline I've been hearing so much about? (laughs) That's awesome. That would be so awesome if you actually answered it out of nowhere. I guess if anyone tries to call it on a Tuesday night after 8 p.m., yeah. There's a good chance that we might answer. And then you'll really freak out. How many of those people you think are probably at home? They they wrote down what they're going to say. Yeah. And they're rehearsing it. Yeah. Thinking like, I only got one shot. I don't want to goof it up and then yeah. I have to call back and I'm going to sound like <laughs> a complete idiot. <laughs> oh, yeah. So then it rings and you're getting like all nervous and uh-huh. you're kind of getting a little 
flop sweat going. Yeah. Thinking, oh, God. (laughs) Ton's actually going to hear this. He's going to know I exist. And then it rings a few times, and then you hear the message, and then get a little confidence, start to get into your spiel, and you're feeling good about it. And then all of a sudden, oh, that's my ton voice. <laughs> we we <laughs> wait. How do we answer while they're leaving a message? Can Hello? we do that? I think. Hello. Hello. And then it records the rest of the phone call on the answering machine. Tape. Yeah. I mean, what do you think? Would they just pass out at that point? I imagine they're already close to that anyway. You said just it's knowing. already. They got the flop sweats going. I mean, what's next, dude? Heart palpitations and pass right out? Wow. It'd be like if you met your favorite celebrity. Yeah. You know, like uh, Gallagher or or, uh, or George Thorogood or one of the drummers from the Allman Brothers. You know, one of your heroes. And you just like randomly found yourself in that situation. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> oh yeah. Um wow, I was what I can't even imagine what would happen. Yeah. Huh. <sighs> I think I might just pass out, yeah. I'd go, oh hammer and fall down if Gallagher answered. Cause he's dead, you mean? Or? Yeah. Yeah, it would be weird. Mm-hmm. Like a Gallagher mummy? Yeah. Strange. Might have a better act. Might be funnier. <laughs> could be. If Gallagher was a mummy? Yeah. Just imagine the new avenues you could go down mm-hmm. comedy-wise. Yeah, at some point, like, his leg snaps off and he uses that to smash a watermelon, you know? Like, sight gags and everything. The whole bit would be just something. Sticks the hammer on his leg instead of his actual leg. What other entertainers do you think would have been better as mummies? I hate to put you on the spot. Yeah, that's an interesting thought. Better as mummies. What if Ronnie James Dio was a mummy? That would be way better. That would be way better. What if Lisa Loeb was a mummy? I don't know about that. I'm fine with Lisa Loeb just being herself. Oh, okay. I don't know why, but I thought like Bill Cosby might have been funnier as a mummy. I don't know why I just thought of that. Like when he was selling... Diet Coke and Kodak and Jello pudding yeah, pops. Exactly. He was a mummy. If he was a mummy, it might be better. But he still had the sweater on. Yeah. Over his mummy bandages. Hundred percent. Yes. Could he be less rapey? I mean, I would hope so. Yeah. I mean, there is that. Yeah. Unfortunate. Well, I don't want to bring down the night. It's Floyd Schultz's birthday and all. Yeah. Well, wait, I, f- I forgot to bring down the night. We have to say rest in peace to five-count alumnus Richard Belzer. Mm. Did you hear about that? Mm-mm. He died earlier this week. Wow. I didn't realize he was almost 80. Oh, wow. I didn't realize that either. But I guess that makes sense because he was like back with those uh, original Saturday Night Live people. Yeah, wow. Then Hulk Hogan choked him out. That's crazy. You remember that? Sort of. Put him in a sleeper hold and almost killed him. <laughs> almost killed him. 
He's he's almost eighty, huh? So he died of natural causes. Do you know who I'm talking about? Richard Belzer. Are Sorta. you confusing him with Ice T? Maybe I am. That's a different guy. Same shows, but different guy. Ice T's not in his seventies, is he? I don't think. No, he's probably in his sixties though. Okay. I guess I'm not sure. <laughs> I'll look that up during the during the break. Ton, we've got a pretty special show tonight. Really? Um, I think either you're going to really enjoy this or you're going to think it's absolutely terrible. We'll find out when it's all said and done. Uh, I don't know if you knew this, Ton, but there in the mid-80s, there was a television miniseries called Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. Starring Scott Bayo and uh, John Stamos mm-hmm. and Carol Channing mm-hmm. and Ringo Starr. I think I've seen something about it, but I don't know that I've actually seen it. Sherman Hemsley was in it. Super weird. Uh, Mr. Miyagi was in it. I didn't know that part. Patrick Duffy was in it. Wow. A lot of people. Yeah. Uh they did an album based on it. Do you think anyone would have the guts to play the entire thing on FM radio? No. Normally, you'd be right. Until now. Until now. You're going to love this. Thanks for tuning in to The Five Count. Uh, we're going to go to Wonderland. We're okay? going, like right now, we're going around? Yeah, let's do it. Wow. What else do you got going on? Uh, nothing. Let's do it. your kids stuff read-along book you're about to meet a most extraordinary girl and join her in a most extraordinary adventure every time you hear this sound it means it's time to turn the page in your storybook now if you're ready we'll begin alice in wonderland don't forget to turn the page every time you hear the sound it was a beautiful spring day just the kind of day for daydreams. And daydreaming was exactly what a little girl named Alice was doing as she sat on the riverbank with her older sister. Alice would have liked to play a game or talk or make believe, but her sister was quietly reading a book and really didn't want to be bothered. Finally, Alice couldn't keep silent any longer. You know, I really do wish you'd tell me just what good is a book without any pictures? looks so dull. I mean, it really does. Her sister looked up from her book and said to Alice, You'll understand soon enough when you grow up. Look, I'm already seven and a half. I think that's quite grown up. And I really do wish you'd stop talking to me as though I was a child. But you are still a child, Alice. You can't really think that you're a grown up. Yes, I do. Almost. I mean, just how on earth am I supposed to know when I'm grown up or not? Would you mind telling me that? Well, for one thing, 
You have to be much taller to be grown up. And you won't cry as much. You are a bit of a crybaby. I am not. I don't cry much at all. Hardly ever. Well, when you've grown up, you'll cry much less than you do now. And one of the best ways to know if you've grown up is when Mother asks you to join the rest of the grown-ups for tea. With that, Alice began dancing around her sister, spinning like a top. After a few minutes, though, she got so dizzy that she fell down on the soft grass. All of a sudden, a very strange sight appeared before Alice. A very large white rabbit with big pink eyes and wearing a waistcoat ran across the field in front of her. Alice called out, Mr. Rabbit! Mr. Rabbit! But the rabbit didn't stop. He continued dashing across the field, exclaiming, Oh dear, oh dear! I shall be too late! Completely forgetting about her sister, Alice jumped up and chased after the rabbit. When he disappeared into a rabbit hole, Alice jumped in right behind. Down, down, down she fell. As she was falling, Alice saw strange and frightening things. At last, Alice landed safely, only to see the rabbit hopping off in the distance. Mr. Rabbit! She tried to follow him, but as she turned a corner, the rabbit had vanished. Alice stopped and looked around. How am I ever going to get home? She asked herself. Then Alice spotted a small golden key that fit the tiny lock on a little door which led to a beautiful garden. But Alice realized she was much too large to fit through that door. Suddenly, she noticed a little bottle marked, Drink Me. Alice picked up the bottle and took a sip. Then another... As she drank, she got smaller and smaller until finally she was just the right size to fit through the door. To get inside a little door, you need a little key. Go find a little bottle with the words, drink me. Drink and drink, drink it all until you're just ten inches tall. Inside the door, find some cakes. Eat them up and grow so big the ground begins to shake. Now you feel so far away. You can send them a present on Christmas Day. Giant tears roll down like a waterfall. They fill the room and flood the hall Until they form a lake Use the rabbit's fan and start to shrink again You go up, you go down Nine feet tall or ten inches from the ground You you get small up and down you do it all up and down down and up Alice had grown to nine feet tall and shrunk to several inches tall from eating this and drinking that finally when she was quite small she fell into a giant pool full of the tears that she had shed when she was gigantic oh 
But this isn't the sea. These are my tears when I was nine feet tall. Oh, I wish I hadn't cried so much. I should be punished for it now, for being drowned in my own tears. Suddenly, a large and lanky lorry bird came crashing into the water, followed by a dodo bird. They were certainly the strangest birds Alice had ever seen. Next, a cute little mouse splashed into the pool beside Alice. Since she was so tiny, she asked herself, "What is that, mouse? Do you know the way out?" But the mouse didn't pay any attention to Alice, and he started swimming away. Alice swam after him while the lorry bird and dodo bird thrashed about wildly in the water, trying to keep up with them. Alice called after the mouse. Mouse, don't you understand English? <laughs> Are you French? Oui, Michette. That means where's my cat? You know. When Alice realized that she had frightened the mouse, she quickly added. Oh, I beg your pardon. I quite forgot you don't like cats. Our family has always hated cats. Nasty, low, vulgar things. Don't ever let me hear that name again. Demanded the mouse angrily. I won't. I promise. Replied Alice. Alice didn't wish to anger the mouse any further, so she decided to change the subject. Are you fond of dogs? Asked Alice. There's a nice old terrier who kills all the rats. The mouse began to shriek and shiver. Poor Alice had frightened him once more. I'm sorry. I won't bet you mouse catchers again. Said Alice. Alice and the mouse swam to shore. When they arrived, the dodo bird and the lorry bird had caught up with them. The lorry bird offered some advice on how they could all dry off. It was suggested that they have a caucus race. Now Alice had never heard of a caucus race, so she asked the lorry bird to explain. Feeling a bit too waterlogged to give a lengthy explanation, the lorry bird decided to show her. With a wide swoop of his wings and a loud screech, the race was on. What a commotion that race was! Birds going up and down, creatures of all sorts and sizes joining in, running, jumping, and clawing in all directions. There was screeching and yelping and guffawing, and then the dodo bird announced it was all over. The creatures stopped at his command. Everyone was celebrating. Everyone was dry. Everyone was having a wonderful time. All of the wild celebrating left Alice very tired. The mouse was tired too, and decided that he should leave. As he was halfway down the road, he laughingly called over his shoulder that cats don't only eat mice, but birds too. Hearing this, the lorry bird and the dodo bird panicked. The lorry bird screamed. <coughs> The dodo bird screeched. Hey there, this is guitarist Paul Jackson Jr., and you are listening to the Five Count. Just hearing about a cat was enough to frighten away the dodo bird and the lorry bird, but Alice was not alone. She looked around and spotted a huge blue caterpillar. Sitting with its arms folded on top of a mushroom, 
The caterpillar was smoking a hookah pipe and coughing as he asked Alice. Who are you? I hardly know, sir. I knew who I was when I got up this morning, but I keep changing sizes. And I'm afraid I'll never find my way home again. Explain yourself, said the puzzled caterpillar. I can't, sir, because I'm not myself, you see. No, I don't see, snapped the caterpillar. Well, being so many sizes in one day is very confusing to a little girl. Alice then started walking along a path. After a while, it led her to a small house. The door was open, so Alice walked in. There, sitting on a stool, was the Duchess, feeding a baby. The Duchess reminded Alice of a dressed-up hippopotamus. Sitting beside her was a cat with the strangest smile Alice had ever seen. The Duchess told Alice that if she had anything to say... Say it to the Cheshire Cat. Turning to the cat, Alice said, Excuse me, Cheshire Cat. Would you tell me, please, which way I ought to go from here? The Cheshire Cat grinned and replied, That depends a good deal on where you want to get to. Home. I need to get home, cried Alice. There must be a way home and I'll find it. Where are you going? That way. The cat pointed in two directions and explained. Well, in that direction, there's a hatter. And in that direction, there's a March Hare. Visit either you like. They're both mad. But I don't want to visit mad people, protested Alice. Well, you can't help that. We're all mad here. I mean, I'm mad. You're mad. We're all mad. Meow, baby! The cat's eerie grin and devilish laugh scared Alice out of her wits, and she ran out of the house and into the woods. She ran and ran until she reached a clearing in the woods. In the middle of the clearing was the March Hare's house. In front of the house, under a large tree, a tea party for three was ready to begin. The three were the March Hare himself, the Mad Hatter, certainly a mad-looking creature, and a Dormouse sitting in between them, fast asleep. Alice thought to herself, Goody, I'm just in time for a tea party. But as Alice approached the table, the March Hare and Mad Hatter shouted out, No room! No room! There's plenty of room! cried Alice. The March Hare decided to be a bit more friendly and invited Alice to join them. Would you like some wine? Alice looked over the table, then said, I don't think I should drink wine. I'm too young. Good. There isn't any anyway. Then it wasn't very nice of you to offer it. And it wasn't very nice of you to sit down without being invited. But these crazy creatures continued to tease poor Alice until she couldn't stand it any longer. Finally, the March Hare said, Now, how would you like to tell us a story? I'm afraid I don't know one, admitted Alice. Then the Dormouse shall. The Dormouse will. Screamed the Hare and the Hatter. Wake up! Shouted the March Hare. Stop it! Cried Alice. Because it's Mad 
matter if it would tell us the story or not. I want the fresh cup. The Dormouse lifted his head. I am a Dormouse. He hadn't been asleep after all and heard every word they said. Alice urged him to tell a story. Slowly he began his story. The story was about three sisters who drew all manner of things that started with the letter M. When Alice asked why they did that, she was interrupted by the March Hare and insulted by the Hatter. Alice's feelings were hurt. She turned and ran away. As she was running, she was thinking that when she got home, her mother would see how much she'd grown up and invite her to a real tea party. Alice walked on through a forest and soon came upon a beautiful garden with colossal sunflowers and great white roses. As she stood gazing at the garden, Alice heard sounds of a parade approaching. When it came into view, it was the strangest parade she had ever seen. It was a parade of playing cards. There were card soldiers, card courtiers, card children, and even a card king and card queen of hearts. As the queen passed, she spotted Alice and asked, Who is this? What is your name, child? My name is Alice. Wait, please, your majesty. Off with her head! Roared the queen. Nonsense! Replied Alice indignantly. The king pleaded with the queen. Come now, dear, she's only a child. The queen suddenly changed the subject. Can you play croquet? She asked Alice. Why, yes, your majesty. She answered, then followed the queen onto the grass to play the strangest game of croquet imaginable. The balls of the croquet set were live hedgehogs, and the mallets with which to hit the balls were flamingos. Alice had a terrible time trying to hold her flamingo in her arms as she played. As the game was being played, the Cheshire Cat suddenly appeared and started to talk to Alice. Seeing this, the Queen demanded, And who is exactly the owner of this monster? Ugh, off with his head, whoever or whatever it is. I think it belongs to the Duchess, Your Majesty. Perhaps you better ask her about it replied Alice. Fetch the Duchess here and be quick about it, ordered the Queen. Alice thought to herself, They're dreadfully fond of beheading people here, wouldn't you say? The great wonders is anyone left here at the head at all. When the Duchess arrived, she exclaimed to Alice, Well, as I live and breathe, and I hope to keep it up, if it isn't a little one, how are you, my dear? The Queen leaped in between Alice and the Duchess, and the Duchess bowed and said, Well, well, it isn't Her Majesty. The Queen roared, Well, it is. And that being the case, would you be good enough to grovel? Right here on the gravel. Now, I give you a choice. Either you or your head must be off, and at once. Do you think I'm ready for gravel groveling? said the Duchess. And in an instant, she made her choice and ran off. The Queen turned to Alice and asked, Have you met the Mock Turtle yet? I don't even know what a Mock Turtle is, replied Alice. Why, it's the thing Mock Turtle soup is made from. Oh, you must meet him. Now, you just follow that path and you'll see him. 
Alice thought the queen was leading her to the mock turtle, but instead she left her face to face with a griffin, a fierce-looking monster with the head of an eagle and the body of a lion. Are you a mock turtle? asked Alice. A mock turtle? Do I look like a mock turtle? Can't you tell a genuine griffin when you see one? snapped the griffin. I'll take you to the mock turtle. Come on. Everybody says come on. I never was to order around before in all my life. Never. Stormed Alice as the griffin led her down a path to the mock turtle. A very sad-looking turtle indeed. The griffin pointed to the mock turtle and said to Alice, "Guess what his sorrow is." Well, he must want to go home," said Alice. Then, turning to the mock turtle, she continued, "I know why I'm so sad, Mr. Mock Turtle. I want to go home. I just seem to be getting further and further away. But why are you crying?" The griffin answered instead, "It's all his morbid imagination. He really has no sorrow." Oh, shut up, Griffin! Snapped the mock turtle, and Alice gently asked, "What is the matter, Mr. Mock Turtle?" Oh, my dear! The turtle began his story. Once I was a real turtle. We went to school in the sea. My teacher was an old turtle. We used to call him Tortoise. But why did you call him Tortoise if he was really a turtle? We called him Tortoise because he taught us. Really, you are very dull. We had the best of education, reeling and writhing, and then the different branches of arithmetic, ambition, distraction, uglification, and derision. Oh, shut up, Mock Turtle! Snapped the Griffin. Enough about your lessons. Then, turning to Alice, he said, "Now, tell us about your adventures." Alice sighed and said, "Well, I would tell you my adventures beginning from this morning." No use going back to yesterday, because I was a different person then. Hello, this is Amit Zappa, and you're listening to the Five Count. Alice's story was suddenly interrupted by voices in the distance. The trial's beginning. The trial's beginning. Come on, come on! Shouted the Griffin, grabbing Alice's hand. Together. They rushed through the woods to a garden where the king and queen were holding court. All the creatures of this wonderland were gathered there. The white rabbit, now acting as the court herald, called out, "Silence in court!" Herald, read the accusation. Ordered the king. The white rabbit held up a scroll and read, "The queen of hearts, she made some tarts all on a summer day." The knave of hearts, he stole some tarts and took them quite away. With that, the king commanded the jury. Consider your verdict. Oh no 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 What? no, Your Majesty, not yet, not yet. There's a lot more to come. Protested the White Rabbit. Call the first witness. Call the first witness. In the midst of this whirlwind, the Mad Hatter walked in, holding a teacup in one hand and a piece of bread in the other. He approached the king and said. Oh, I beg your pardon, Your Majesty. I was just finishing my tea when they dragged me in here. Give your evidence, or I'll have you executed on the spot. Bellowed the king. Oh, Your Honor, I'm a very poor man. Began the Mad Hatter. You're a very poor speaker. If that's all you know about the case, you may stand down. Stand down, Your Majesty. 
but I can hardly get any lower. I'm on the floor as it is. Exclaimed the Mad Hatter from the ground. Well, then simply go. The Queen agreed, almost. Of course, and just take his head off outside. Call the next witness. As the next witness entered, the crowd began to sneeze. Give your evidence, ordered the king. No, I won't. Insisted the cook. What's a tarts made of? Demanded the king. Pepper. Lots of pepper. Alice was getting a little bored with the strange trial, and she said to the Griffin seated beside her, "You haven't gotten the evidence yet." As she spoke, Alice began to get bigger and bigger. A guinea pig, sitting beside them, called out, "You're growing, young lady." But I didn't eat a piece of mushroom or drink anything. Oh, there's no doubt about it. You're growing up! Exclaimed the Griffin. The king was becoming annoyed by the noise in the courtroom and by the distraction Alice was causing. He commanded, "Rule forty-two: All persons over a mile high are to leave the court." I'm not a mile high, pleaded Alice. Yes, you are. Snapped the king. I most certainly am not. Nearly two miles high, argued the queen. Oh, off with her head! Off with her head! Alice now realized she was quite large, larger, in fact, than anyone there. She mustered up all her courage and said, "I'm not afraid of you. You're nothing but a pack of cards." This made the cards very angry, and they all began to attack Alice. They came from all directions, kicking at her feet. They came at her in the air like missiles, dive bombing right at her. Alice felt as if she was caught in a whirlwind. The next moment, the strangest thing happened. The cards began to turn into leaves and float harmlessly to the ground. Alice suddenly found herself back on the riverbank. She was normal size again. Did this mean she was going home? Alice ran from the riverbank toward her house. Oh, how good it was to be back home! Mother, father, I'm back! Shouted Alice. She looked around. But didn't see anyone. She ran toward the mirror on the mantelpiece and peered into it. There were her mother and father, but on the other side of the mirror. Mother, father, anybody! Cried Alice. Alice tried slipping through the mirror. She tried crashing into it, but it was no use. She couldn't get through it. Just then, Alice spotted a strange old book on the floor. It was one she had never seen before. She picked it up, sat down on a chair, and started to read. But to her amazement, everything in the book was backwards. Chapwalky, twas brillig and the slithy toes, the gyre and gimble and the wabe, how mimsy were the borgoves, and the momraz outgrabe. Beware the jabberwock, my son, the jaws that bite, the claws that catch. Beware the jubjub bird, and shun the frumious bandersnatch. I 
can just tell this is supposed to be a scary poem. It's a good thing I'm grown up. I probably would be a little frightened. The Jabberwocky suddenly appeared in the room from out of nowhere. It was the most terrifying creature Alice had ever imagined. Breathing fire from its mouth and flapping its hideous wings, it roared at Alice. Alice screamed and covered her eyes. When she opened them again, the Jabberwocky was gone. Everything was silent. Alice looked around the room. She was completely alone. Suddenly, she heard a quiet voice that seemed to come from a picture on the wall. It was a picture of an owl. I can tell you about your monster, said the owl. Alice got up and walked towards the owl. She asked the owl, What happened to that monster? Not that I'd want to meet him again. Nothing happened to him. That monster was the thing you created in your own mind. My mind most certainly did not create anything like that. I was simply reading a silly book. Your fears gave birth to it. The owl interrupted Alice. And until you overcome those fears, little girl... My name's Alice, Mr. Owl. As long as you have those fears inside you, Alice, the Jabberwocky may come for you at any time. Well, I suppose there are some fears inside me. Alice admitted. But please, I really must know how to get back through the mirror. Well, don't worry, replied the owl. Why shouldn't I worry? Well, there's always another way back. And there's no point in going home until you're not so afraid of not growing up. Hey, we're back. Oh, yeah. Welcome back to The Five Count. It's been pretty great so far. That was the first half of Alice in Wonderland. Lovely. I'm guessing a lot of people really enjoyed that and can't wait to hear the second half. Yeah. Don, I'm thinking maybe you might be the only one I'm referring to. I can't wait. So I hope you stick around. Very exciting stuff. Do you like Alice in Wonderland? Love it. You like that story and everything? It's pretty good. How do you feel about the newer Alice in Wonderland cartoon? It's like Alice... It's like... I can't remember the name of it. It's like Alice in Wonderland like bakery. It's like a bakery stories thing. I haven't seen it. You mean Carlin doesn't watch that 24-7? No. And also, I'm a grown-ass man, so I haven't seen it either. <laughs> so, my daughter, Sophia, really got into it. And uh, let me see if I can find out what it's actually called. Alice's Wonderland Bakery. I find it super weird, because it's not... I mean, there's certain hints to like what happens in the story, but really, it's like there's some kind of crazy thing that happens in every episode... And she somehow solves it by baking some stuff, baking some kind of baked dessert. And, uh, yeah. And you're surprised that I hadn't seen this. Yeah. Because it sounds like it's right up my alley. Yeah. I mean, completely. You said you like it. You like Alice in Wonderland stuff. So just the TV miniseries from 1985. Well, maybe you want to watch this. This is a I doubt it. series on Disney Plus, 25 episodes. Does it so have fun. Sally Struthers in it? It's, um, no, 
It's got Libby Rue, Jax Stanton, CJ Uwe, Abigail Estrella. Does it have Sammy Davis Jr. in it? When young Alice inherits her great-grandmother's enchanted cookbook, she finds herself in charge of the Wonderland Bakery and discovers the magic of food and its ability to bring people together. That sounds like your every day. It sounds like what, like every day, what you learn and do and share with the world. I guess. But then why would I need to watch it? Does it have Telly Savalas as the Cheshire Cat? I thought it would just be sort of relatable for you. Mm. No, it doesn't have any of those people. Oh, because the one I'm talking about does. Really? Just saying. Son, you got a voicemail here. Okay. Someone called the Five Con Hotline and said, I need to talk to Ton post-haste. <laughs> post-haste. Let's hear what they have to say. Hey, it's Nikki. I've had it up to here with snow. <laughs> oh, boy, you guys sure know how to drum up business or phone calls, right? Just mention mention the names on air and to get us all riled up. <laughs> well, I'm not completely gone. I'm just pretty slow. Must be all this winter weight I'm putting on. Yeah, it kind of affects the brain, too. Anyway, I have a question, I guess, for all you fancy food-eating people. I roasted some cauliflower, and I think I don't like it, but I don't know if I don't like the seasoning or if I just don't like roasted cauliflower. I've roasted other veggies, and I like them. Something about cauliflower. I had cayenne pepper and oh, was it garlic powder on it. So it was my first time through. I probably should have made it just plain first to even see if I like it. Maybe Ton in all his fancy vegetable eating ways has an idea for roasted cauliflower. Anyway... Talk to you guys later. Bye. Ton, your thoughts. Wow. Wow. Nikki. Have any any advice on eating gross things? First of all, thank you so much, Nikki, for calling in. And I really was, I have been worried about you. Um, I mean, I actually think about you quite often because I drive by around what places, what I think is possibly near or around where you live. And I just, I mean, I think about you almost daily. I think about you and your husband and just make, it's just hoping you guys are doing well and everything's okay. And, um, I just appreciate you. So, uh, that is not gross stuff. Dust. Here's the thing. Here's a revelation that I think, um, a lot of adults make at some point. Okay. Is like literally just roasted veggies is the bomb. And it's the bomb for a couple reasons. Number one, it tastes good. Number two, it's super easy. Like you just kind of cut some stuff up, throw it on a pan, chuck it in the oven or on the grill or whatever. Boom, eat it. Typically, I'll tell you this, Nikki, and you're probably not going to like to hear it, but to me, um, I like roasted veggies so much that it's like just salt and pepper and um if you're really wanting to do something extra i like i mean i will drizzle a little olive oil typically if especially with asparagus and uh even brussels sprouts but i'll even roast brussels sprouts and most veggies with no olive oil at all with no fats and just uh salt and pepper and that's plenty good enough for me so if it were me myself and I was starting with the new veggie veggie being roasted, I would just start there. Salt and pepper, see what it's like. Cauliflower, a hundred percent is um awful. It's not awful. I really like cauliflower, but 
roasted, it's really tough. To me, it has to be done to a certain level. Um, tough meaning it's hard to get it to a way that actually tastes super yummy. So um, the Super cayenne, yummy. Yeah. The cayenne pepper, I would have skipped out on uh, with that one. Um, garlic salt, I would have tried, it, tried rather than powder for a first time with it. That might be okay. Um, I don't. I don't know what I would do necessarily. Um, I don't know if I have a spice that I definitely would recommend there, but I would start with salt and pepper. And based on your particular, like the way you lean, spice wise, meaning like, do you lean more Italian style or uh, more Asian style, or you know, what is it? Which way do you lean? Then you then you're kind of gonna you're gonna follow your spice path but cauliflower just to me is tricky to play with flavors because even the cauliflower i feel like if i get one it's going to be good it's going to be tasty and sometimes you get it get one and it kind of is like uh, it's kind of like off i don't know and the and those ones like i'm better off just eating it with dip raw also, mushy cauliflower is not good to me. Ugh. Ugh. So it's tough. I wish you all the best. Um, and I mean, don't even be afraid to just stick with the staples, you know? Like roasted broccoli? Dude. Get out of town. Get straight out of town. Maybe you should just order a pizza like a normal person. Um, I actually really love Aldi's cauliflower crust pizza. It's really good. Like, I'll just get a cheese one and put my own toppings on if I want, um, including, like, pepperoni, whatever. My daughter really likes olive pizza. Um, so a lot of times we'll do, like, green and black olives or pepperoni and green olives or something. Um, but I'm not afraid to go, like, artichoke hearts. Even they have a veggie one. That one still is good, and you can supplement it. Like, I'll buy the veggie one and put, like, pepperoni slices on there. That's really good. But the cauliflower crust is, like, good tasting and comes out really crispy and nice. Way, but it's cheaper than the high V gluten-free pizzas that you can buy um, that you got to bake yourself. And the crust, in my opinion, tastes better. It's a better texture. It's a better crispy, crispiness, better flavor. Delicious. Man, that's why you tune into this program, to hear culinary tips like that. <laughs> pretty good yeah i mean i don't know i prefer it do you think floyd shouts will make one for his birthday no how about some chow mein maybe he'll do that man i remember the chow mein days growing up chow mein you're talking like the can right you have the can that's really two cans like stuck together Yeah, there's like a can on top of another can yeah it's like the can of canned like veggie type ingredients and then the can of the sauce and you just literally dump both of those cans into a pan and heat it up and then you put those crunchy noodle things on your plate and then just dump that slop on top of it and you were like chow mein dude that's ridiculous you like that when I think about that now it seems so gross (laughs) It seems super gross, but you think like just actual like roasted real vegetables, say out of a garden even, is gross. 
I, I think would, that's weird. I just skip the whole thing and just eat the noodles plain. Just eat the noodles plain. <laughs> I am so much trying to go more that direction. Um, and this is not to say like I'm not trying to go like full vegan or vegetarian or whatever. But um, there's times now where I crave that. Like I crave cleaner foods, meaning like can I just get raw vegetables? Like I just want to eat some veggies because honestly I feel better now. When you can like fill up on veggies and you don't feel like garbage afterwards. Like you can get to the point where you feel full, but within 20 minutes or an hour, you're, you're like fine again. It's pretty weird. I like to eat an entire box of croutons minus the salad. Wow. You know, you're just going through it, pal. There's a time that I was there too. You know what I'm saying? I've we've all been there. Am I Back right? Back when you were more fun, you mean? <clears throat> and who says I'm not fun now? Well, a lot of people say things. I don't know. Uh huh. There was a time, Dust. Streets are talking. When I used to, this is how terrible it was. I used to make ramen and put croutons in my ramen. How ridiculous is that? Seems like a good idea. To I me. wanted this extra like flavor blast of super seasoned croutons and a little bit of crunch but then some of the croutons would soak up the liquid and it'd be like mushy crouton bread sounds delightful oh see to me now me better now, than mushy cauliflower me now thinks like how disgusting does that sound throw like, some a handful of yeah. cheese balls in there oh yeah i've done that too maybe some hot tamales i've done all that not hot tamales what the hell this is getting ridiculous. Just live now. a little ton. I already did. You know what I'm saying? And now um, I realized how much that actually doesn't allow you to keep living and uh, is bad for your heart and various other yeah. body parts. But honestly, are you really living? Yes, I am. Eh, it's debatable. <laughs> the thing that's scary to me is that um, people actually... I'm, I know that you're joking, but there's people that actually feel that way and it's like it, are you telling me that in to your in your mind really living like oh i'm so alive is eating a bowl of ramen with croutons <laughs> like that's that is sad in itself like not sad like meaning anything bad against a person it's just like i wish something more for you i really do <laughs> like go outside and like I don't know. Look at a beautiful sunset or something like, wow. I could do all that stuff while I'm eating the ramen. Yeah, I mean, I guess. Now who's living? Wow. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Done. Let's get to the uh, second part of our story, right. Alice in Wonderland. The listeners, they're going to want to know how it ends. Do you think Alice will grow up? Do you think she'll find her way home? I have no idea. Do you think Carol Channing will show up? I hope so. Let's find out together, shall right. we? I'm in. Now, wait a minute, protested Alice. I've done a great deal of growing up and growing down. When you overcome the great fear in you, then and only then will you be able to stop the frightening appearances of the Jabberwocky and return to your family. But how? Only you know the answer to that, explained the owl. I don't know. If I knew, I would tell myself. And you don't care, or you'd tell me. You really would. Oh, but I do care. And you will see that all the creatures in Looking Glass Land care. 
and the owl reached out his wings and gently lifted Alice into the picture and out into the woods with him. Alice was puzzled as to why the creatures would care. The owl patiently explained. Because when the fear of you creates the Jabberwocky, it is dangerous for all of us around here. It is really to our best interest if you uh, cure these terrible afflictions by yourself. The best way to do it is to stay here and listen to me for a few years. Years? I can't even stay here for another moment. My poor mother must be in a terrible state. Goodbye. If you don't stay, you may never get home at all, warned the owl. Alice thought a moment, then decided. Well, I suppose I could stay and listen to you for a while. In that case, I'll be on my way, announced the owl. But you wanted me to stay, protested Alice. Ah, but now you're in looking glass land, and everything here is backward. The reverse of everything you expected. But we were just beginning to talk. Just beginning to Yes. Get... Yes, my dear. But here, beginnings are ending. And with that, the owl flew off and disappeared. Alone again, Alice decided, Alas, truly everything was backwards in Looking Glass Land. Alice gave up, saying, Maybe this is the way home. Alice walked into a beautiful garden filled with colorful flowers. Seeing a curious-looking tiger lily, she remarked, Only flowers could talk. We can talk, if there's anybody worth talking to, exclaimed the tiger lily indignantly. Excuse me, apologized Alice. Can all the flowers talk? As well as you can, and a great deal louder. Next, a giant rose next to the tiger lily joined in the conversation. It's just not good manners for us to speak first. But since you did before we did, I can tell you, when I first saw you, I thought, this little girl has a face with some sense in it, though not very much. And the tiger lily quipped, If only her petals curled up a little more, she might be all right. Alice was upset by the flower's words. If you don't speak to me more politely, I'll... I'll pick you. <gasps> Alice was starting to wish there were some other people in the garden. At that very moment, she thought she heard footsteps and quickly turned around. Alice was surprised to see a red queen, just like a queen in a chess set. But this one was full size. The queen came up to Alice and asked, Where did you come from? I... I... Look up, speak nicely, and stop twiddling your fingers all the time, scolded the queen. I'm lost. I lost my way. What do you mean, your way? All the ways around here belong to me. And curtsy while you're thinking of what to say. It saves time. Alice obeyed, explaining. I I only wanted to see what the garden was like, Your Majesty. I thought I'd try and find where the top of this hill. The Red Queen then led Alice to the top of the hill. Looking down, Alice exclaimed, Oh! The land. It's all marked out like a large chessboard. Well, of course it is, replied the Red Queen. Alice was amazed. This is all one big game of chess? One big game that's being played all over the world? I can't believe it. There must be pieces moving everywhere. 
I wish I was one of them. Oh, you're going to be, said the Red Queen. How wonderful! I wouldn't even mind being a pawn. I'd rather be a queen. But you're going to be a pawn. One of the White Queen's little brats is too young to play, so you'll have to take her place. You'll be a pawn, which will start you in the second square of the board, naturally. Alice suddenly remembered what she really had to do. I can't play. I really must be going home. When you're a queen, you may go home. But you said I was only going to be a pawn. That's quite correct. But when you reach the eighth square of the chessboard, then, then you'll be a queen and then you may go home. If you do make it to the eighth square, then we shall all be queens together and it will all be feasting and fun. And in a burst of thunder, the Red Queen was gone. Alice looked after her. Oh, my. I will find my way home. Just know I will. And she began walking down to the bottom of the hill. In this strange land, nothing really surprised Alice anymore. So when a train came barreling down the valley and slowed down, Alice jumped aboard. She entered a compartment with a very odd assortment of passengers. There was a well-dressed goat, a gentleman wearing clothes of white paper, and a large, educated-looking horse. Show your ticket, called the conductor as he entered the compartment. Well, don't keep him waiting, child, brayed the goat. I'm afraid I haven't got one, said Alice. There wasn't a ticket office where I came from. Alice believed the train was on the giant chessboard. Where are you going, child? To square four. Alice was beginning to get an uneasy feeling. Surely this train had to go to square four. The gentleman joined in the attack on Alice. Well, at least she's old enough to know where she's going, even if she doesn't know her own name. I know my name, argued Alice. The goat told the others. Should have known her way to the ticket office. Mm. Even if she doesn't know the alphabet. I know the alphabet. Yeah. I really do. Exclaimed Alice. She'll have to go back from here as luggage. <laughs> announced the horse. No, I won't. I don't belong on this railway journey at all. I was in the forest just now and I wish I could get back there. What a bunch of grouchy people you all are. The goat had another idea. We should send her on by mail. She's got quite a stamp on her. The horse disagreed. <laughs> no, no, no. We should send her as a message by telegraph. <laughs> the horse's words didn't bother Alice. Oh, who cares? As long as it'll take me into the fourth square. Uh, I really think I should pull an emergency cord. Uh, there isn't an emergency cord, said the goat. When Alice heard the goat say that, she pulled on the goat's beard instead. As the goat screamed, the train came to a screeching halt, and Alice hopped off. Once she was on the ground, Alice heard a strange buzzing sound, and a voice saying, Hello? 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 It was a little gnat flying around her. Hello? What do you want? Alice asked. The gnat replied, You look like a very nice person. A very, very nice person who wouldn't hurt me even if I am an insect. 
I can see that. Exactly what kind of insect are you? I'm a gnat. But what kind of insects do they like where you come from? Well, I don't usually like insects where I come from. The gnat wasn't at all insulted by Alice's remarks, and when she asked him directions to the eighth square, the gnat gladly showed her the way. Hi, this is Diane Franklin. You may know me from Dead of Dead or Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures, and I'm here on The Five Count, and I am so happy to have you listening. Alice followed the gnat's directions and soon came upon two little fat men with their arms around each other's necks. They looked almost like two plump statues, but talking ones at that, or rather arguing, as they called each other Tweedledum and Tweedledee. Tweedledum startled Alice as she stared at them. If you think we're waxworks, you really ought to pay, you know. Waxworks weren't made to be looked at for nothing. I didn't know you were alive, apologized Alice. Contrarywise, if you think we're alive, then you should speak, objected Tweedledee. Oh, yes. I'm very sorry. Then Tweedledum and Tweedledee began a terribly confusing discussion. Tweedledum said, I know what you're thinking about. Well, it isn't so. No how. Tweedledee disagreed. Contrarywise, if it was so, it might be, and if it were so, it would be, but as it isn't, it ain't. That's, That's logic. logic. Alice had had enough. As she continued on down the hill, Alice saw a giant egg rolling after her. She began to run, and the egg rolled up along a wall just beside her. Alice and the egg both stopped. Alice recognized the egg. It's Humpty Dumpty. It can't be anyone else. And he looks exactly like a giant egg. But Humpty Dumpty was insulted. Young lady... It's not very nice to tell someone he looks like an egg. Some eggs are very beautiful, you know. Some people have no more sense than a baby. (laughs) Humpty commented. My name's Alice, sir. That's a stupid name. I may be stupid, sir, but don't you think it'd be a lot safer down here on the ground? The wall is very narrow. Of course I don't think so. Why, even if I did fall off, the king has promised to send all of his horses and all of his men to put Humpty Dumpty back together again. You've been snooping at doors, or you couldn't have known that. Oh, no. It's in a book of very famous nursery rhymes. What a beautiful belt you've got. Really? When a person doesn't know a cravat from a belt, (laughs) it's a cravat, child, and a very beautiful one, I might add. It's a present from the white king and queen. Really? Yes, really. They gave it to me for an unbirthday present just this past week. An unbirthday present? It's an unbirthday present? It's a present given when it isn't your birthday, of course. I like birthday presents best. You don't know what you're talking about. How many days are there in a year? 365. And how many birthdays do you have? One. And if you take one from 365, that means you can get 364 unbirthday presents. You see, Dum-Dum? Humpty Dumpty was very pleased at having won the argument, and he began to dance along the wall. Watching him, Alice grew worried. 
Mr. Dumpty, if you're going to skip and dance, don't you really think it'd be a bit safer down here on the ground? Actually, no! I thought that. I'd do that. Ah, you are a rather fearful little child, aren't you? Mr. Dumpty, you don't understand. I suppose I do have a lot of fears inside me. And Mr. Rell, at least I think that was his name. Mr. Dumpty, my fears are bringing back the Jabberwocky. The Jabberwocky? cried Humpty Dumpty, and he immediately fell off the wall. Moments later, the White King's horses and all of his men arrived, hoping they could put Humpty back together again. The White King looked as though he belonged on a chessboard, just like the Red Queen did. He approached Alice and spoke. Did you happen to see my two messengers as you came through the wood? Well, Your Majesty, answered Alice. Well, would you mind looking along this road here and tell me if you can see either of them? Alice looked, then replied. I see nobody on the road. I only wish I had such eyes, said the White King with a sigh. To be able to see nobody. It's as much as I can do to see real people by this light. <laughs> I see somebody now, cried Alice. It was a messenger, slowly approaching them. The White King asked him, Who did you pass on the road? I'll whisper it, said the messenger. Then he began to scream. They're at it again. Did you call that a whisper? Asked the king. What's at it again? Alice asked the messenger. Well, the lion and the unicorn, of course. Let's run and see them. The king grabbed Alice by the hand and rushed off into the forest. They ran until they came to a crowd watching the fight. What a ferocious fight it was. But within minutes, the fight stopped. And the unicorn said proudly, I had the best of it this time. The white king scolded him. You shouldn't have run him through with your horn. It didn't hurt him, protested the unicorn. Then, pointing his horn at Alice, he asked, What is this? A child, explained the white king. We only found it today. It's as large as life and twice as natural. A child? But I, I, I always thought that Children were fabulous monsters. Is... Is it alive? Oh, yes! It can even talk. This is incredible. Talk, child! Demanded the unicorn. Do you know I always thought unicorns were fabulous monsters, too? <laughs> Though I never saw one alive before. Said Alice, almost not believing her eyes. And the unicorn answered, Well, now that we have seen one another, if you'll believe in me, I'll believe in you. Is it a bargain? Yes, if you like. That'd be rather pleasant. Soon the lion joined the group. Looking straight at Alice, he asked, Are you animal? Vegetable? Or mineral. You dum-dum! Exclaimed the unicorn. I've already told you she's a fabulous monster! The lion didn't like being called a dum-dum, and he growled his displeasure. The unicorn then aimed his magnificent horn at the lion and said, Ooh, What a fight we might have for the crown now, sir! Oh, and I would surely win! Snorted the lion. Oh, I don't think so! Replied the unicorn. 
and they squared off again and began to fight. Alice had had enough of fighting, and she wandered off into the forest. As she walked, Alice heard a tremendous pounding noise. Soon, a gallant red knight, dressed in full armor, galloped towards her at full speed, brandishing his great club. Ahoy! Ahoy! shouted the red knight. But as he came close to Alice, his horse reared up, and the knight fell to the ground with a crash. Alice was startled. Check, you're my prisoner, announced the red knight. From the distance, another knight approached. This one was dressed all in white. Check. This white knight had come to Alice's rescue, but alas, he fell off his horse too. She's my prisoner, you know, warned the red knight. Yes, but then I came and rescued her. Protested the white knight. By now, Alice had to speak up. I don't want to be anybody's prisoner. I just know I must become a queen if I'm ever to get home again. The white knight gave her hope. And you will. When you have crossed the next brook, you will definitely be a queen. I will see you safe to the end of the wood. Then I must go back, you know. Yes, that is the end of my move. Thank you very much," said Alice, and she followed the white knight as he led her to the top of the hill. Once they reached the top, the white knight pointed out the way. Now, you've only a few yards to go down the hill and over the brook, and then you will be a queen. But I just know I'll be home. I just know it," exclaimed Alice happily. Hey, it's Louie Anderson. You know, when I'm in town, I'm listening to the Five Count. Now you better listen to him too. Full of excitement now, Alice ran down the hill and across the brook. This must be the eighth square. I'm so happy to get here. Magically, a crown appeared on her head. What is this on my head? How in the world did this crown get on my head without me knowing it? Oh, but this is wonderful! I never expected to be a queen so soon. And as every queen has her castle, so did Alice, just up ahead. It said right over the door, Queen Alice. The door had two bells. One said visitors, and the other said servants. Confused, Alice knocked on the door. Then Alice turned the handle of the door and it flew open. Inside Queen Alice's castle was a huge banquet, with all the creatures from Looking Glass Land and Wonderland sitting around a great table. There were three chairs at the head of the table. The White Queen was sitting with the Red Queen, and they asked Queen Alice to join them. To Queen Alice's help! Here!、Yeah! The crowd proclaimed. Alice stood up and spoke to everyone. I thank you all, but please, everyone, show me how I go home. I don't want to be here anymore. All I want to do is to go home. The Red Queen and the White Queen decided that this was certainly improper behavior for a queen. They decided to ask her a few questions to prove her worthiness. 
It's obvious you never had any lessons in manners, said the Red Queen. Alice sighed, then replied, Manners aren't taught in lessons. Lessons teach addition, subtraction, and things of that sort. Well then, I have a lesson for you, bellowed the White Queen. Alice stood quietly thinking. The White Queen was becoming impatient and asked, Well, Alice, what's your answer? I don't know, exclaimed Alice. I lost count. Well, then, of course, you do know your ABCs, said the Red Queen. Alice was insulted. Sure, I do, she said. So do I, said the White Queen. Oh, we shall have such glorious times together, saying the alphabet over and over. The Red Queen gave a wink to the White Queen. Surely they would get her with the next question. How is bread made? asked the Red Queen. I know that. Alice replied. First you take some flour. Aha! But where do you pick the flour? It isn't picked at all, said Alice. It's ground. The Red Queen then retorted. Oh, fan her. She's probably just feverish from all of this thinking. Each queen had become bored with their folly. Alice was a rather smart child. However, they still wondered if she'd shown proper gratitude for her crown. Just then, a large box wrapped with a beautiful ribbon appeared in the middle of the room. A present's come for you, dear, the two queens told Alice. For me? Alice began opening the box when suddenly she saw eyes glowing in the dark, like burning coals. She saw jaws that were shooting fire. She saw enormous... It was the Jabberwocky, and he was growing. The brave white knight approached Alice, calling, I'm coming, fair maiden! I'm coming! Have no fear! The white knight is here! Fearing for his life and her own, Alice cried out, Then, calling to the owl, Alice pleaded, Please help me, Mr. Rowl. I don't know what to do. Don't let the monster hurt my friends. You ask me? But it's you that must be brave. The wise old owl told Alice, I am brave, but not that brave. And you will never grow up, will you, Alice? Until you conquer the fears inside you, you will never be more than a child. Mustering up all her courage, Alice screamed at the Jabberwocky. Go away! Go away! I'm not afraid of you! You're fake like the owl said! You're fake! I've grown up now! I don't believe in you! I don't believe in you! I don't believe in you! The Jabberwocky began getting smaller and smaller and smaller until he was no bigger than a kitten. In fact, he was a kitten. It was just like the owl had said. When you've conquered your fears and you really do grow up, you're ready to go home. Alice? Alice? There you are, Alice. I've been calling you for some time, dear. Where on earth have you been? 
Alice's mother asked. Oh, so many places, mother. I have so much to tell you. But you really won't believe half of it. So I'll only tell you a few things. Like... I'm I'd... sorry, dear. I'm afraid it's tea time now. But I'd love to hear all about it later. Is it? Is it really? Is it really what? Tea time. Yes, yes it is. And we're having strawberry shortcake. And your father bought gingerbread cookies. And Aunt Dorothy's insisted on opening one of her precious jars of raspberry preserves. <laughs> it sounds very lovely, Mother. But why were you calling me? Oh, I almost forgot. I wanted to tell you that your father and I think you're finally quite grown up enough to join us. Would you like that, Alice? To join the grown-ups at tea? Yes, Mother, I should like that very much. Thank you. Thank you. You truly have grown up, Mother, you'll see. You truly will. What a story. What a show. What a show. What a program. What a guy. What a night. Ton is. Oh, what a guy Billy Floyd shouts is. Happy birthday. Oh, shucks. <laughs> awesome. I hope he's just living it up right now. Welcome back to the five count. We'll play a song for Billy later. Right now, we've got another voicemail. Somebody called the five count hotline. Wow. They wanted to know something real important. Actually, I don't know what they want. Let's find out. Yeah, I forgot what number I called, but I got something super spicy for y'all. It was so good. I could barely eat the rest of it, so I decided that was it. Thanks again. Hit me up. This is Julio. Julio. Oh, that was Julio. Wow. Do you know Julio? No, I got no idea. What a guy. Thank you so much, Julio. Wow. I mean, I, I'm just like, wow. It's so it's so great. I, I, I wish I could listen to it again. It was really something. Wow. It's Julio. I mean, I guess you could listen to it again if you really want. Where's he from? Is he from the East Coast or what happened? Where's he? Let's see if we can figure it out from his dialect. Yeah, I forgot what number I called, but I got something super spicy for y'all. It was so good, I could barely eat the rest of it, so I decided that was it. Thanks again. Hit me up. This is Julio. Julio. <laughs> no, he's totally from, like, Blue Earth. Sounds like Belle Plain to me. He's, like, from somewhere in Minnesota and then switched up that accent midstream and then... Maybe Grenada Huntley East Chain. Yeah, like went into this whole other character. Wow, Julio. I want to hit you up so bad. I feel like we should just call Julio right now. I, mean, I guess I do have his number. Wow. Thank you so much, Julio. Ton, can you think back to a time before you knew Julio? I Simpler mean, I time. Yeah. Like 10 minutes ago? Sure. 
10 minutes. Well, I was thinking maybe even a little further back, like no. even like maybe 10 years ago. Wow, 10 years. Holy. Let's not get too crazy here. It's too late, son, because this is the part of the program where we go back 10 years in five-count history. Are you familiar with this part of the program? Oh, yeah. Yes. February 23rd, 2013. 10 years ago. It says here, Tana, it was me and you together. Buddy system style. Isn't that nice? We enjoyed some meatloaf. We helped Southern Minnesota with their works cited pages. <laughs> we blamed all our problems on Obama. And then we warned the listeners of the dangers of conversing with people from Lesueur, Minnesota. Haven't you still been blaming Obama Obama for the past 10 years? Ain't nobody got time for that. Yeah. That's what I say. That was 10 years ago, Ton. Wow. That's really something. Do Do we eat meatloaf or do we listen to meatloaf? We played it. We ate it. We made it. We wow. lived it. When's the last time you made a meatloaf? Uh, depends. Now, does it... What constitutes a meatloaf? Does it have to be like some sort of meat in a loaf shape? Yeah, I mean, why do you got to make this difficult? You know what meatloaf is. What do you mean, what constitutes a meatloaf? Like, well, I know your it, ham sandwich was not a meatloaf. What your, if it was in a loaf shape? Your, uh... Your ramen crouton salad was not a meatloaf. You know what I'm saying? A meatloaf dust. What do you mean? It's like hamburger and ketchup? <clears throat> no. Isn't There's... that pretty much all that goes into a meatloaf? No, not my meatloaf. I think that was my mom's meatloaf. I don't like meatloaf. Why not? You like hamburger. You like ketchup. You get that kind of business? Yeah. So why didn't you like meatloaf then? Just don't like it altogether, I guess. But then, okay, so if you think legit. <clears throat> I didn't need, like meatloaf, Ton. Do we need to come back to the now? I would eat anything for lunch. <laughs> I wouldn't eat that. <laughs> Wait, oh, well, we got to come back to the present. Oh, man. That was 10 years ago in five a, count history. Yeah, that's a good one. Enjoy that. Might be on the five count.com if you're interested in, I guess fleshing that one out yeah i'm saying your mom has a valid point if you like eating hamburgers then what's your problem if you think a meatloaf is just hamburger and ketchup what's the problem so can you take a slice off and stick it on some bread and put ketchup on then you'll eat it? i don't know what the problem was time but i had one but do you and have was one, one do you have one now I mean, would you eat a meatloaf? Right now, I'm, I have a problem with you. I mean, typically you, got, your tone. you typically got onions in meatloaf, and you got some breadcrumbs and maybe a couple eggs. Yeah, know, I don't... And some Worcestershire sauce and some seasonings and... It's too many ingredients, salt, salt Tom. and pepper. You should just try to eat normal, like, plain, regular, organic stuff. Like, you get out of the garden. Why don't you try that yeah, sometime? Just veggies. Yeah, maybe roast some veggies or something. Why do you always got to be getting all these in- weird ingredients and mixing them all together? Loafing them. <laughs> Loafing them. I haven't made a meatloaf in a few years, but, I mean, I'd maybe try it. I'd do it again. 
Have you? What do you think about? Uh, no, never mind. That's a terrible question. I can't ask you that question. Thank you. <clears throat> Thanks for sparing me. Man, I mean, what's your go-to meal? Now that we're talking about this, what is your go-to? What's the meal that you like crave that you want? What? No, 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 you don't crave it. What do you typically eat for lunch while you're at work? What? How about that? Uh, Zantigos. Just head to Zans. You just go to Zans every day. Okay. I mean, get, that's acceptable. That's fine. Get seven cheese chilitos. Seven? Yeah. That seems excessive. It's about twenty-five bucks. Yeah, I was gonna say. When I was a kid, it was like eight bucks. Now it's twenty-seven. Yeah. A little pricey. Here's real talk. You haven't been to Zans in probably ten years. Mm, I've I've been there. Here and there. <laughs> I've been there more than once in the last 10 years. But I seem to recall you've talked about Zans many, many times on this program. That is a go-to talking point for you is Zans. I was hoping they'd land a sponsorship or something, but yeah. they're just they're not biting. Okay. The Five Count, brought to you in part by a generous gift from Zans. Yes. That does sound nice. Just can't seem to land it, though. Yeah. Man, that is an, a, an unfortunate kind of circumstance, that whole Cholito debacle. We, we need to get some more sponsorships here. We had one from a liquor store once. Yeah, we did. We were friends with Gary's Pizza for a while. That was a good relationship. Pretty good. But then they got sick of us, which is understandable. That's Okay. I mean, where would you go next, really? If you couldn't do Zans, would you go to that Scooter's Coffee place across the street now? Or um, My ultimate, number one, would be Hunan Garden. Wow. Downtown. Downtown North Mankato. Right. Let's get them. Okay. So you actually go there a lot for lunch? No, I stay at work and eat sandwiches like a sad... Bozo. What? What do you? <laughs> what do you mean a sad bozo? I, I think, sit I sit by the men's room and eat peanut butter sandwiches alone. You know how many people eat a sandwich for lunch? Probably still like a lot. A lot of bozos. Wow. What does a non bozo do? You have chow mein. What do you do? Caviar on crackers and stuff. <laughs> yeah. While I'm at work. Yeah. No, I've actually now I have to eat at work. I used to. I used to go home. I live so close to work. I used to go home and have something, but now I have to eat it at work. And yeah, that's, you know, it varies. I've been eating strange stuff like tuna salad, or sometimes I just have an apple with peanut butter. That's it. Meatloaf. Or whatever various leftovers I have. Like a fun leftover day is like uh, spinach enchiladas, red beans and rice. Oh, yeah. But I only do that in a very specific container size, and it's a smaller container. Probably holds about one cup worth of food. That's it. Well, not all of us can afford the fancy Tupperware. (laughs) Ton always has those parties and stuff at his house. Tupperware, home interior, sex toys, you name it. Just always having parties. Yeah. 
conning people into buying junk. A lot of storage and vibrations and smells. A lot of potpourri. Candle parties. His living room is a disaster. It really is. Careful where you step. Careful what you smell. Careful where you sit. Man, it's really something. But if you got something you want to put away for a while, I mean, I got the container for you, whatever it is. Thanks. It's no problem. Ton, I don't know what the hell you're talking about, but we do have time for a quick song for your birthday pal, Billy Floyd Shouts. Oh, yeah. One quick song, and then we'll come back.
Hi, this is Richard Belzer with a Z, and you're listening to the one and only Five Count. Stop! 
This is Mark Holton from the movie Pee-wee's Big Adventure, Teen Wolf, Leprechaun, and I'm listening to The Five Counts.
Welcome back. Oh man, Floyd shouts. That was some Canadian prog rock. Just the way you like it. Happy birthday, Billy Floyd shouts. I found that song you were asking about. If you want me to play it. That's awesome. Not that song. Wait, oh, this is an ad for some kind of Star Trek thing. Ton, you, you, you seem like you think this is a professional show. I mean, typically it is, but I mean, sometimes it's just not. Oh, yeah, this song. <laughs> yes. How's that? I loved this. Yeah. Oh man. Lots of screaming and karate moves. Yes. I remember when when we found this. And I couldn't help but I sent it to like everybody I knew. Whether it was whether it was their birthday or not. So send it to everybody. That was epic. And I remember uh, coworkers at work, depending on their name, sometimes it's like there's a question mark at the end of their name. Like, it, it would be like, it's your birthday today. And then it'd be like, Angie. <laughs> and that made it even more hilarious. Every time, Angie. Well, I'm glad that we were able to make this day special yes billy floyd shouts happy birthday my friend tom the show's about over hey i know what i was gonna tell you a long time five count listener Lori dawn of Lori dawn ceramics yeah she has like a new cd that she's involved in what do you mean what do you mean i mean like a compact disc how is she involved i think she's spearheading a group called the something or others <laughs> is that their actual name or you forgot their name might have forgotten it but if you quit staring at me i'll try to remember it wow okay women of the pit that's women what it was the pit there's a cd stronger together volume one wow women of the pit it's available on Bandcamp. that sounds awesome i'm a true friend so i bought one Ton didn't buy one. I guess you can connect the dots there. I didn't know about it. It's fine, Ton, but you could go and you could get some ceramics from Lori Don Ceramics. Don't and then give you me could this business. Get that CD also. I have the Bandcamp app. I'll go there right now. Oh, you'll do nothing of the sort. What's it called again? Uh, exactly. Women of the Pit. Hey, we've got new uh, t shirts. Also, the five count, if you want to look like a real cool dude or dudette. I'm sure you do. Go to thefivecount.com. Check out our brand new t-shirts. We got stickers, too. If you pledged money to the KMSU Pledge Drive and got a puzzle and were upset that you couldn't find ton, now we've got stickers. 
of our cartoon likenesses. Oh, yeah. So you could find your least favorite KMSU hosts on the puzzle and then just slap that sticker of ton right over them. And then he'll be back in the puzzle where he belongs. In the puzzle. Isn't that something? That really is something. Thanks. Wow. Did I mention the website, thefivecount.com, is all fixed and shiny? You did last week. Still lonely, but... It's lonely? Operational. Well. It's expensive and lonely. So just go look at it. Or tell another guy to look at it. Yeah, go and take a look at it. Why don't you? Why can't you just look at stuff? just needs you to look at some stuff, some sores and some different things. He needs you to take a look. You could also go to our YouTube page and watch us play some stuff on there. We've got a video series called... The Five Count Co-op. It's a thing. It's totally a thing. We like to play video games, particularly old ones, and really terribly, and then uh, get upset at each other for being so bad at them. Yeah. There's some new ones up there as we speak. We don't actually do what the title says, which means cooperatively play them. We play against each other and treat each other terribly. Also... I think if you join us on Patreon, you'll get all sorts of exclusive stuff, including a brand new episode of The Five Count at the Movies. I think. If Ton didn't get lost in that blizzard, you might have it ready to go by yesterday. Awesome. Or Friday, or whenever you're listening to this. Yes. It's going to be no problem. You could be listening to it on a Thursday if you joined us on Patreon. Could you imagine? Just get it right out of the way Thursday morning. Get it right on out of the way. Then you're free for the whole weekend. You don't got to set any alarms or make any notes or sit around waiting, sitting through Afro Pop, waiting for ton. None of that stuff. Skip all that. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah, I I think it is wonderful. Thanks again to uh, Alice from Wonderland and Billy Floyd Shouts. And uh, Nikki, sick of snow. <laughs> and Julio, yeah, from Blue Earth. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in, for participating with this program, and just having us on your minds. Thank you so much. We'll be back next week, I imagine. I mean, we should be. I don't know where else we have to go. This isn't really a big deal. It's just a little bit of snow, and it's going to be gone before you know it. It's fine. It's just fine. Ton got stuck in the ditch and died. Who cares? It's possible. I hope somebody cares. <laughs> I'm sure someone probably cares. Hey, I bet you the true punks care. Probably not. Let's turn the record over quick. <laughs>